the Staff and Graph podcast. This is weird. My lock's been drilled, so I open the door and my steering wheel is missing. Inlinks are salad. You know what? You're trying very hard not to get sued. You can have all the talent in the world skating around, but if you don't have a goaltender, it does not matter. Team tidy business, baby. Well, here we are, Rachel. We are. You know what? What like our our holiday season as a podcast was a little was a little busy. You know, it was honestly Be- because between you know the naughty and nice list, um, and recording and pre-recording about a million different episodes. Uh, for uh, uh, to have over the next two three weeks, so our greedy greedy bastards of readers will continue to have that content to slurp up. Um, we didn't get a chance to really go down and break down any or really cover any of the the many stories and and happenings that came out during that period of time. And honestly, when you think about it, there really shouldn't have been this much news because it was that close to the holiday mm-hmm. season. Like maybe ro- just don't. like the roster freeze was coming up, like. You know, people were shifting their their sights to like World Juniors, and yet, which by the way, we're covering. Yeah, we are. It's good stuff. We got the Giffies. We got the Giffies on Cryer Media. We got you know the the Twitter account up and rolling. It's great. Um, and but yeah, like so there was a lot of stuff, and so I thought you know it's a bit after Christmas, the twenty eighth. You know, everyone's ch- either chilling at their families' houses or just basically the days kind of meld together at this point. The only reason I know what day it is today is because i had to be on tv today that was it otherwise it's like no it's the countdown until your vacation that's (laughs) the only reason why you know what day it is it was it's so you can go how many more days until my vacation i yeah how many more days 36 hours 36 hours yeah yeah by the time yeah by the time everyone listens to this and you won't even like really vote for the listeners because last week we recorded so much stuff. Yeah. That like you won't even notice that Rachel's gone. Like she, like we, you won't, there won't there won't be a single hiccup, or or yeah, we're uh, still gonna be posting content. There's still yeah, shows coming out. It's gonna be great. Um, um but there's excited. there was so much news that happened in the lead up that we weren't able to cover because we had to plan for all this that we thought you know it's the 28th, uh, you know, people are just chilling. You don't even you don't even know. Listen to this. What day it is? So it could. So we might as well. You're eating turkey stew and like mashed yeah. potatoes. Yeah. So you know what? We might as well just cover all the news that happened because at this point it might it could have happened yesterday. It could have happened whatever. You won't know because days don't matter. So I would say the biggest one that we need to cover that happened like right smack dab in the middle of all our stuff that we were doing was the fact that the Ottawa Senators did what you know what should have been done. Last year, literally, but wasn't um, in firing DJ Smith as head coach. Uh, something that seemed like it was coming a mile away and yet was championed as this is not coming. We want stability. But finally, they just, they, they just sucked too much. I feel like it hard. got untenable. And yeah, like I think it was. I mean, the moment Ottawa brought Jacques Martin as a coaching consultant, we knew what was going on. And yeah. so I think from that perspective, I'm not really surprised. Um, but DJ Smith, like you could tell he hadn't lost the room. No, no, no. They this love is, him. Yeah. Like Brady Kachuk, uh, by all accounts, was pissed 
that they made this decision. He looked like he was about to cry when he was talking yeah, about it. Yeah, like, like it was, it actually almost reminded me of when Dennis Savard was fired in Patrick Kane's second year. And Patrick Kane was like in tears meeting the media. Like Brady Kachuk is obviously not that way, generally speaking, but you could tell that he was not necessarily on side with the decision as the captain of the team. And he's the spokesperson of the guys like in the room. And I think with DJ Smith, if you read the Ian Mendez story, yes, the Claire Hanna story, I was going to bring that up. Yeah. Um, I also, when all of my stuff was going down mm. 18 yeah. months ago through a mutual f- like colleague, he would check in on me to make sure that like I was taking care of my mental health and, mm-hmm. and you weren't, but I wasn't yeah. at all. Yeah. So you lied to DJ Smith through a third party. Solid. So that's cool. Um, but it's one of those things where he's in, in a league where there are so many awful people and we're going to get there too. Mm-hmm. DJ Smith, I think is he's the anti Mike Babcock in the sense that like he doesn't have necessarily the X's and O's acumen yet because he's inexperienced. But when it comes to dealing with players, communicating how to treat people like he's top class, top class. That was because there was, I believe it was during the 18, 19 season um, where uh, the NHLPA player poll came out. Oh yeah, and, and the players were, and it was asked like, which assistant coach around the league do you, like do you think will like, or, or are you most confident will make the jump to like being a head coach? And DJ Smith won with like, it was and, a landslide. And, and keep in mind that this is for thirty two coaches, or, or or even more like assistant coaches. There's like two or three on each team. Um, DJ Smith won with like thirty six percent of the vote, which is like a lot considering there's like a hundred choices you can make, and it's because. You know, he was like, like he was sort of like the con, especially. And you mentioned Babcock because he was an assistant coach for him for a long time. He's good cop. He was the yeah, he was the conduit between you know the between the players and the crazy dictator head coach. And I think that that is sort of that that was almost that almost put a ceiling on him in a way because you have to go when you get promoted from being an assistant coach to a head coach, you go from being the good cop to the bad cop. Yeah. Like that is, that is how that works. And it's one of those things where some guys really struggle Mm -hmm. to balance that because they still want to have those positive relationships with those players that they've developed. And you have to be able to hold players accountable too. And I'm not saying DJ Smith wasn't doing that. I actually think that this is more about Mm -hmm. developing as more of an X's and O's coach because from a, personable type of coach he seems to get it yeah like for like the best the best sort of metaphor i can think up is like my grandma has a dog okay named ruby she's adorable she's like two years old she's about like yay big but she's and and whenever i go over ruby loves to hang out with me because i go over and i'm like the fun uncle you know i go over i give her treats i give her pets I play with her. I throw the, the, you know, I throw her toys and everything. It's great. But if, but like, but I, the, but then I p- pick up and I leave and it's not my purview to, to, you know, to, you know, do, if she chews up the sofa, <laughs> uh, it's not my job to yell at her. It's you know, or to, to sort of like tell her, no, it's not my job to like, I'll walk her occasionally, but like, it's not my job to like pick up her poo. It's not my, you know, stuff like that. And 
like, and I feel like D, uh, DJ Smith was great at being sort of the fun uncle because he was there and it's easy. To, it's really easy to be like, you know, to see a player fuming after a bad interaction with a coach and go over and be like, Hey man, like it's okay. Yeah. Shake Just, it off. You know, shake it off. It's fine because that sort of, that's an authority figure that's giving you sort of support and you kind of form a bigger bond with that person you do with the, with the coach. But like, it's like, it's like in any, in any setting where you go from being like a floor worker to management kind of, or going from assistant manager to manager, uh, an assistant coach to a head coach you you don't even have to be the bad cop but you do have to make difficult decisions that you otherwise could sort of eschew responsibility for if, right if a, if a player's getting like you're gonna have to bench guys you have to take away ice time you have to scratch guys you might have to be a part of, of you might the, have to strip a captain you might have to strip a captain you might have to be a part of a, a discussion where this guy could get waived you know stuff like that yeah. and i just don't think that dj smith was built for that. Um, he was really good at being, he was really good at connecting with players. Clearly the fact that his players, even amidst like a horrible losing streak and, and basically three straight seasons of terrible hockey after high expectations, um, even through all that, they still loved him, but it just was untenable. This was a team that showed no growth. He's, um, he's Bruce Boudreau without the X's and O's. Yeah. He's like, like he's like, there's diet. a reason Bruce has 600 wins. He's like diet Bruce Boudreau, you know, <laughs> Like, and I think coaches like that, honestly, I think coaches like that, um, who maybe not necessarily have like, when you think of what Scotty Bowman was as a coach, like mm -hmm. elite mm -hmm. X's and O's elite. Yeah. Right. I think a guy like DJ Smith would actually be really well suited to like a world junior or an Olympic team, because yeah. in those situations, you're not playing systems. It's we have the best players. We need to get them on the same page and get everyone pulling in the same direction. And they need to be motivated. Guys like Bruce Boudreaux and DJ Smith are perfect for that because that is where a guy like DJ Smith will be able to relate, get the players on board and excel. So I almost wonder if he does some international kind of, coaching i can Probably. see that being a fit for him. he reminds me a lot of pat quinn like pat quinn would just run four lines like yeah. he he would he not line he would not line match even with the leafs but you know it was infuriating it was crazy but, but at that time like in those in those pat quinn years the leafs had enough good players where that could be the case and then look what happened when pat quinn was the head of the world juniors like the the head coach canada's world junior team yeah it was like it was unprecedented success because you put a bunch of like teenagers under that guy and they're all good like these are the top young players in, john tavares says to this day that playing for pat quinn at the world juniors in ottawa was one of the most formative hockey exactly. experiences of his life but think about all the like all the talent was on those teams like ryan ellis pk suban jordan eberly you know like oh, you said john tavares goal. all of that um and uh, like taylor hall all of that and like pat quinn didn't have to like scheme anything he just had to be a really good motivator and dj smith is probably that and i feel like he could maybe stride or succeed too if he was given in like a different situation maybe with a rebuilding team but if he was given tactically focused assistance like so, so he could be sort of like the captain of the ship in a way right. but the assistance but he like delegated things to like almost like an offensive defensive coordinator where the, where like he was sort of like the you know sort of like the umbrella guy and but like when it came to you know like the offense defensive systems maybe not delegate fully but like had a lot of input from two from like two or three assistants that could help him because obviously it's not tactical. But yeah, now another thing too is there'll be five coaches fired this year. If you include Mike Babcock, which I do because I always want to include him in anything that brings shame to that name. <laughs> um, but there've been five coaches that have been fired this year. Babcock, DJ Smith, Dean Evison, Craig Berube, Jay Woodcroft. That is the highest that we've seen before Christmas in years. 
what like what is happening here um i think well uh, remove babcock because that's not a situation mm-hmm. that happens all the time the Columbus uh, Blue Jackets did remove Babcock before he even had a practice. Yeah, so and I think it's, it's important not, for people to remember. Yeah, that. so he never actually coached the team. Mm-hmm. But I just like bringing it up because it brings right, shame. Right, but okay, to him. so I'm gonna be bad cop here. He doesn't count because he never actually mm-hmm. coached a game. Yeah, because um, he sucked. Yeah, continue. Dean Evison mm-hmm. was more a function of like, and Woodcroft. Yeah, more a function of the goaltending being a mess. Both of them than anything. Yeah. yeah. And then finally, they like they get their ship righted. Edmonton by points percentage is, I think, a couple points out or a couple points percentage out of the wild card now. Like I don't think it's all that much, and they also have like four or five games in hand. Mm-hmm. So there's a chance there. Uh, Barube, it kind of felt like he'd come to the end of his rope there. He had very clearly lost the room. Well, he lost at least one player. Yeah. <laughs> um. So that's different. Dean Evison wants to take a break. Because he wants to travel to Milan and Frankfurt and with his wife. Good, and, and, you know, and be a good husband. Exactly. I love that for him. Um, I do think that there are some fits. Like, I could see... The problem you have is, like, you have a young team. And we've established they need a guy that is good with relationships. Like, I could see a guy like Dean Evison being a fit there. I think that would be a terrific... I don't think... So, I think Jay Woodcroft is a top end, like it's a really good available coach. Mm-hmm. I don't think based on all of the crap that's happened, I don't think he's the guy to like come and be that steady hand on the wheel. I think they need somebody that's an overbearing personality. That's basically going to say, get in line. And they need someone with experience, like NHL experience. And so the rumors have been, and we're going to get to the Jock Martin stuff in a sec, but the rumors have been that one, one sort of name, atop the list because Jacques Martin is interim right now. I'm going to, he's like 75 or whatever. Brain cramp. The way you say his name. Jacques Martin. Yeah. No, you're driving me nuts. Jacques Jacques Martin. Um, Jacques Martin. Um, is like, he's like in his seventies. It's an interim job. He just, just I think he's there specifically because Andlauer and Steos trust him. He's been in the organization. Alfred's in the same. And they want him to evaluate who is part of the problem and who's part of the solution going forward. Yeah, that, and absolutely. But so one name that was bandied about a lot is uh, is actually current Marley's head coach, John Gruden. Not surprised at all. Um, because they worked, because Ann Lauer, you know, he had, it's it's all, if Kyle Dubas had the, had the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds, Michael Ann Lauer has the Hamilton Bulldogs. And Michael Ann Lauer owns the Hamilton exactly. Bulldogs. Exactly. Um, and so... Uh, uh, Did you know that Michael Ann Lauer's daughter is dating Ryan McLeod? I found that out the other day. I was like, wait, what? How would I have known that? I don't know. I'm just... It how was a fun could, fact. Rachel, how could I have possibly stumbled upon that information? <laughs> well, I don't know. You're good at sleuthing. <laughs> no, but I mean... So like, imagine you just see the sense trade for Ryan McLeod. <laughs> yeah, I, I would not be shocked. Um, but, but like, so... With John Gruden, he's the Marley's head coach. Um, he'd be an assistant coach all over the place before. Um, but this, and, and and basically it's because of the the sort of Hamilton connection, he's up there. I would say no. I don't think that's the right choice. It's they not. need a steady hand on the ship. They need a hard ass. Yeah, like, don't get me wrong. I love Bruce. Mm-hmm. I don't think Bruce is the right coach for that particular team. No. I think Bruce would be a good coach in other teams that i'm not going to name um well, but if, I th- if i were to name like i think bruce would be great for edmonton 
I thought I think Bruce would also be really good for he's he'd already been there, <laughs> but uh, Minnesota. Yep. And I, I think they need a, I'm not sure going all the way to like a Baruby type is the right way to go, but I think somebody like a Dean Evason mm-hmm. could be a nice switch. I think he gives you pretty much everything you need because he's got the hard ass. He doesn't let people get away with stuff. And, yep. I, and I don't have any. And he's not, a, he's not afraid he's not to give asshole. guys opportunities yeah. either. He's, he's a hard ass, but he's not an asshole. You know, like he's not. Yeah. There's a difference between being like someone who's gruff and, and sort of like demanding. And, there's, and then there's diff, and then there's being an asshole. You can be gruff and demanding and, and ex- not be a complete jerk and expect the best out of your players and push them to get that. But then you but when you delve into J.K. Simmons and Whiplash territory, you know, like, have you seen Whiplash? Yes. yes. So like then and I feel like that's where like the Brubays and the Babcocks and everything get uh, uh, get in there. And I, I hate to put those two together because it's not fair. Um, but I think Everson is, is, is the perfect fit. Even like even a Woodcroft, I think, would be would be good just because. I mean, we, we've shown he has the he has the ability. I to see. Get, I think Woodcroft would be a better fit in New Jersey. They just, I know, look, things are not going great in New Jersey. No, right but here's the thing. They sent it's a Akira exactly Schmid down today. Did you know that? It's not exactly Lindy Ruff's fault. That goaltending is horrendous. They sent Schmid down today. Yeah. yeah. They and, brought up Nico Dawes. And, uh, who and has a higher ceiling. Vitek Vanacek is of the, of, of, uh, so bad. I think it's like the 70 something goalies who have made 14 starts this year. Vanacek's save percentage is the second lowest. Yeah. The Devils, the, uh, Oilers and one other team. Oh, the Sens. Horrendous goaltending. Horrendous. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I I think they they need like I think it's pretty established. They need an experienced person because they went to DJ Smith who had no prior head coaching experience and, and was known as a good cop. Ottawa's kind of a shit show right now. Like they actually honestly a retread in this situation is probably a good call. Yeah, well, here's like it's funny because I was uh, uh, you know, I was on the subway cause I'm, at, I was just, I'm visiting my parents right now. So I had to subway down to our studio today and I was on the subway and I was, I was, uh, like just scrolling through Twitter and I saw D I saw Ian Mendez with an article and his article was the 23 biggest story. It was like for 2023, the 23 biggest storylines for, uh, the senators. And even in the preview, he was listing things that I completely forgot about. Like it was a mess. This it year was like them. a stripped first round pick, you know, like the fat, like Shane, a Shane Pinto suspension. Like there was 41 games long, uh, you know, like all of just, just stuff that the all amount of the ownership stuff, all the ownership stuff. The fact stuff. that it came out that Eugene Melnick froze Ian Mendez out, froze Brent had, Wallace out, yes. um, which like if you worked in hockey, you knew that was the case. But I'm really glad that Ian made that public because it really shows just how dysfunctional Ottawa was and like what these players have been dealing with for years. Um, even like the Ryan Reynolds stuff, the Debrinkat saga, I yeah. totally forgot but, okay, about. Okay, so we've yeah. spent twenty minutes. Hey, it's and, and, and as we should because about the sense. So now and like Jacques Martin mm-hmm. is in, and there's been three. They played three games, or I guess four last night with the Leafs, and they beat them. Good for them. They won their Stanley so Cup. So I always say the last two, the first two games after the holiday break, and the first two games after bye slash All Star. Mm-hmm. Don't ca- they should don't count. count because like they don't count in terms of like evaluation yeah. because of the I mean, I've worked in the league. So I know kind of how the travel mm-hmm. and, and all of the uh, logistics of those weeks. Yeah, you're work. getting everyone back. It's together a goddamn mess. It, yeah, it's a mess. But so so they're one. So excluding that game, even though they, they won, which is great. Yeah. Away teams traditionally night. win those. Yes. Games. 
So they, and especially with like the lack of travel you really need to do from Ottawa to Toronto. Um, but they're, they're one and two. They have 12 goals for and uh, 14 against. Um, they've given up a ton of shots in those games. Like they, they had a, a they, 93 shots. Yeah, they're shots averaging for, giving up 34 shots. 111 against. shots against. They're only two for 12 on the power play in that span. Uh, and meanwhile, they've, uh, uh, meanwhile, they've allowed, uh, five power play goals against, including four against the abs just themselves. They've, they've been basically under 42% in like possession and Corsi in two of those three games. One of them was a win funnily enough. Um, and one thing that I was, I was reading 32 thoughts, like the last one before the holiday break. And one thing that Friedman had had talked to an executive about. He was like, I wonder what if, if Martin comes in and his first thing is like taking ice time away. And so far that hasn't been the case. All of the big guys have either maintained their ice time, like Batherson, Giroux, Stutzla, um, uh, uh, to Chuck, all the, you know, Sanderson, uh, I mean, Jake to be Brin. fair, Jake Sanderson has been really good. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, but, but I'm looking at him and I, and, and pretty much no one, no one's ice time has really changed. And has, have any, has anyone been overly have any of those players been overly bad though? No, no, no. So they don't really deserve so to have their ice time to. taken yeah. away. So, but it's it's like I wonder. I was I was just gonna wonder if he, if if Martin would come, Martin would come in and just sort of just bring back and, the exercise bikes for posterity's sake. Yeah. The post game interview on the exercise bike. Sure, bring it back. Do it. It'd be great. Um. All right. Another thing that happened is the Minnesota Wild front office uh, has been crumbling from the inside out. Uh, and it, fi- it came. It really has come to a head, um, at least publicly, over the last uh, over the last two weeks. Because first we had um, like their chief cap guy and contract negotiation guy, assistant GM Chris O'Hearn. He was mm-hmm. a very very important guy in their front office. Like, uh, the most important guy, uh, yeah. I would argue. Do you conclude Judd Brackett is someone in the front office? No. Okay, then yes, you're right. The most important Judd guy. Judd does not live in Minnesota. Yeah, he is not go. in the front office. Okay. So, but in terms of actual front, like. Although I would, I would probably look to elevate somebody like Judd to an AGM position because he's that good at his job. Yeah, and who knows? Look, they have they have vacancies. The thing about Minnesota too is they have, uh, like, among of uh, in the new world uh, uh, where like there's a ton of different new positions. They have, I think, it's the thinnest front office in the league. Yeah, their owner um, doesn't like to spend money. Leopold. I'm gonna go yeah. with that. <laughs> yeah. We're mentioning a lot of owners that are like also linked to weird, weird people. And I'm starting to realize there might be a thread there. Um, <laughs> Do you think there might be a trend? There might be a trend. But uh, so Chris O'Hearn, they, it was announced that they had mutually agreed to part ways, which is really weird because this is an extremely important person. Middle of the season in like first week of December. That doesn't happen unprompted by something. And it turns out that there was a workplace, uh, uh, like, like a workplace incident report filed, um, against Bill Guerin, against Bill Guerin for, for harboring a toxic work environment, namely by like just berating people all the time. Um, and it was determined that Guerin did it like, at least did not act horribly enough to, uh, I guess to deserve a firing. He was able to keep his job at least by the, by the report. Um, but then, Days later, uh, Andrew Haight, the team operations guy who's been with the team for like 12 years, has uh, uh, they also mutually agreed to, to part ways. So mutually is doing a lot, lot of work, of work, lot of work here. And I'm starting to wonder, Rachel, and by starting to wonder, I mean, I know because I've looked into this, it's not mutual. No. 
So here's the thing, um, as somebody who has been through this mm-hmm. situation, um, if you whistleblow in hockey, mm-hmm. like in the NHL, you go to your HR department. Yep. Instead of actually, like, if I went to the HR department at the bank and said XYZ happened, HR conducts the investigation, and then they for, like yeah. they do the results, and you're obligated to participate in these investigations. In the NHL, let me run down for you the process. By all means. You go and you say, I saw this, I'm uncomfortable with this, but you work in hockey operations. They um, go to the chief of hockey operations, depending on who it is, the president or the GM, whatever, on the hockey side, not the business side. So if it's usually your GM, unless you have like a president of hockey operations, or in the case of, and I believe this is the only case, no, two. Jeff Jackson and Brendan Shanahan, because they're hockey people, also overseeing, mm-hmm. like, they'll, the HR department will go to them and be like, hey, we've received this complaint. What do you want to do about it? And it's like, that's that's not how that's supposed to work. It's going to, to the work. murderer and asking, you know, all right, what do you want to do about this investigation into the person that you murdered? Like, it's, yeah. it makes no sense. And Right, and then all it does is put a a target on because a lot of times it's a supported employee who's feeling uncomfortable and all it does is it puts a target on their back to be like, Oh, they don't fit in. They got to go. We have to push them out. That's how you get things like we're not going to renew your contract or we're going to offer you this very paltry sum of money. Please don't say anything because it's going to make us look bad. And very rarely do people throw it back at them. But this seems to be a situation where somebody reported something and my, based on looking at the situation, O'Hearn and Haight were uncomfortable with whatever is going on, which they're totally entitled to feel that way. Um, And when Garen wasn't going to be removed, basically said, we're gone. That's it. I'm out. So a lot of the stuff that I, because I'd asked around and everything into certain, into certain things. And basically what I'd come to find is that, yeah, hate and, and O'Hearn both were just, were very, very uncomfortable and fed up with, uh, Garen's managerial style, which is. And hate is somebody that has league wide respect. Like we're not even talking. I saw some of the quotes from players talking and like Russo tweeting about how Mm -hmm. the players were upset. Like, there, I was talking to a few of like my contemporaries and like, cause I, I talk less to players and more mm. to staff. Yeah. Um, there were quite a few people being like, this guy is one of the best at what he does. Yes. There's Marie, Marie in New Jersey. Um, she's like the cream of the crop. There's, I believe her name is Kelly on Long Island. Mm-hmm. She's also absolutely incredible. Um, Brad Lynn has really like skyrocketed to the top in Toronto. Yeah, the Leafs guy is, is fantastic. He's, yeah, Brad's yeah. really good. He used to be the GM of the Marlies um, before they did the Lou Lamorello shuffling. Like before Lou came in, Brad ran the Marlies. He wasn't the GM. No, he did all the player decision making. I was I was an intern for him. Mm. Yeah, it was. And I then Lou, was no, and then Lou came in and it changed that day. Wasn't that? Nope, I'm telling you that's what it was. No, 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 but I mean, like, wasn't, like, the the, the the GM of the Marlies in, like, name? Wasn't that, like, Claude Lozell? No, that was no. Dave Poulin, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And that Hilarious. was way before Hilarious. all of that. So when they yeah. cleaned all of that out, 
mm-hmm. and they brought in Kyle Dubas as and, and a GM. Yeah. They didn't have a GM at the time. Remember mm-hmm. when they fired Nones? Brad yeah. Lynn was running the Marlies. Wow. And then he came to team up. But Andrew Haight is one of the people that like really goes out of his way. Like he had a huge hand in bringing Kaprizov over. Mm-hmm. Which was, if which you is remember, a franchise-altering situation for. The and Minnesota if you remember Wild. doing that, that was like a Herculean effort because, like, they yeah, he, like how do you think they never, got him here? It never. It looked like Kariza was never going to come. Yeah. Every and it was year, Andrew Hate that organized yeah. all of that, and that's that's huge. And he has gone over this. Um, so whatever it was. In hockey, there's so much. I will say this: in hockey, there's so much that happens that, like, you let fly. There are things that would get you immediately fired in at hockey, a bank. The thing is, in hockey and in like media, anything when it comes to that, you put up with a lot of stuff that you know you work like you said like, you work oh, for TD or whatever. Part of the gig for yeah. both of these guys to say check, please, we're done. Yeah, that means to me, that means we're probably missing something here. Mm-hmm. And it like these are all I I can also tell the people people who work in sports. They're, you have to be extremely passionate about what you do. And this is this is sports and sports media, anything like that. And for people like this, for O'Hearn and Hate, who had been there for so long, um, to leave an organization like that, middle through this, middle, midway yeah, through the season. Yeah, losing your team um, liaison first midway all, through the season. Terrible. Good luck with that. But for them to leave that situation, like but them to make the choice to leave, like I just went through something similar like this, to make the decision to leave... Um, in the middle of the middle of the season when you haven't, you know, when you feel like there's still more to go, but you just can't do it. Um, you just can't keep putting up with this. It has to have gone like that situation has to have been dire. And it, and it was, and Russo has reported it. I asked around like the players are pissed. And this started to really come to a head in Sweden for the global series. Mm-hmm. And if you notice the wild did not do great in the global series, they looked awful. They kind of got shellacked in both games and it they were really unhappy and this was like like they they are furious. This could be something on top of Everson getting fired for. And they've been good under Hines. They have. They've been legit good Hines under Hines a, because John Hines is a good coach. But it but like because Ev, after Everson got fired, and then now like two really beloved, especially hate because keep in mind when you're a play like you're, you're traveling with the team like. In but you're setting up little things like you're setting up like if dinners. a guy goes. But if you're yeah, and if you're if if your guys like man. My wife, like I haven't seen her in so long. Like, is there any way, like, he, uh, any way to sort of like, if we have an off day on the road, could you like help organize a flight for like that kind of stuff? Things that really, really matter and are important and everything. Like that is that's extreme. And and to lose that guy who you've built up relations with because like to well, drive that person the, out, like that person deals with the chartered plane companies. Exactly. That person deals the hotels. with all the hotels, the restaurants, the passports, like. Setting, All of setting that up pra- like finding practice ice on the road, uh, you know, like for back to backs, like, like I remember setting travel so schedules on back to backs. So it works best for players. Like it's when I was in Vancouver, you know? Brownie is the guy there. Mm-hmm. And like the amount of work that guy does, he, he it has Andrew's job in yeah. Vancouver and the travel in the West is it's crazy. Awful. Yeah. And so losing like I can't even imagine what would happen like no like being in that environment if we would have lost brownie like in the middle of anything we'd have been like um hi uh, this is a major 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 emergency but like what do you do you know like like this is a guy screwed 
You're absolutely, it falls yeah. on your team admin, but yeah, I, I want to know. You're overextending so, people who are not in this job. I like think that Andrew leaving is a bigger issue than Chris O'Hearn because, yes. and only because, mm-hmm. because the Minnesota cap is an issue right now. Yeah. But Ray Shiro is a senior advisor to Bill Guerin mm-hmm. and Ray is really good with the cap. Like he knows it really well like i remember the conversations him and like our cap guy in new jersey used to have the guy who wrote the cap mm-hmm. um and they were like really in depth and like ray gets it so i think they can manage if ray sort of is is helping out in that sense and i get the sense that he probably is well he has to I there's mean, no one else but uh the team liaison there's no easy quick there's no quick fix for that Yeah, that's a problem like that, that's you're, a big issue you're either you way, can't just hire any tom dick and harry to do exactly that and you're either overextending like you know like the deputies kind of in that department um, or usually there aren't any yeah usually like, it's it's that one guy who handles all of that and he just like liaises with pr and i'm very i'm like i i wouldn't be surprised if depending on what happens with ownership whatever but also like ownership we have to yes garen is at fault for all this basically but where's craig leopold but craig leopold and keep in mind like like craig leopold doesn't exactly have a sterling record when it comes to executives recently like he, he was the guy who signed chuck fletcher who then signed the two contracts that basically put the nhl into paul a lockout fenton. and then he was in charge of the paul fenton debacle and now the guy after paul fenton is being mind, investigated for paul fenton like that tenure it was a year and like four or five months was like up there with like the mike milbury's and like literally like as gm like the don cherries of worst gm tenures in NHL history, and Rachel, the the I'm not sure if you know this, the league has been going on for over 100 years. There's yeah. a, so when it comes to NHL history, there's a lot of NHL history. There's a lot. He's yeah. up there, and so Craig Leopold oversaw that, and then he's like, "All right, well, we got to get someone stable in here. Let's go, Bill Guerin." And Bill, and all Bill Guerin has done has is like fostered a toxic work environment. Fostered a toxic work environment, driven out, driven out the two top or the two most important front office guys there are. And also rack, rack up also rack up like four years straight of like $14 million in dead cap because the other guy that Craig Leopold signed two terrible contracts. And on top of that, um, he's also orchestrated. He's also built a team that is that if, getting bounced in five games in the first round was an Olympic sport. They'd be goddamn Michael Phelps. So this is very tinfoil hat of me and we probably shouldn't delve too deep into it. I'm saying the new year, we got to make a tinfoil hat and have it on the podcast. So anytime we have a, we bring up sort of a conspiracy theory, put it on fair. Yes. So when you like grab the dog, yep. There you go. (laughs) There he is. Yeah. Um, when you think about it, when Dean Evison was canned, okay, Chris O'Hearn left not long after that. Mm-hmm. I wonder, because we, everyone agreed Dean Evison was not the issue. Yes. I wonder if Garen potentially found out that all of this was happening and in a fit of like, not like retaliation, but as in a, in a way to like keep his power, basically. in a way to yeah, self protection, self, really. in, in, yeah. in self-preservation yeah. mode, fired Evison. Like, I'm sure they have a great relationship with anything, but whenever you, when you hear you're being investigated, like that can cause you to do irrational things. Listen, I, and, and, and again, another thing that you and I, but you know, me recently has like really gone through is that when it comes to in your workplace, 
when, for a lot of people, when it comes to b- between protecting you or protecting themselves, they will choose themselves every single time. And a lot of the time you can't really fault them for that because, you know, in the, in this world, you got to look out for number one. Um, but it, like Garen, I could definitely have seen Garen looking at the writing on the wall um, that, that, you know, like these investigations were coming. Well, the team's bad and the investigations are coming down. The owner is going to find out about mm-hmm. it. And it, like if he doesn't say I've done something, then it's it's going to be easier for the owner to fire him. So he's like, well, I fired the coach. Like I, I did that, something like Leopold is hesitant to spend money. But I do know that he is like he's involved in everything. Like he's not a hands off owner. No, he might, he might not directly be there, but he's always like he's always let's put it this way. He's always in the room when decisions he's, are made. Um, let's you know? just say he's he reminds me a lot of Josh Harris. Yeah. In that. Well, I would say that Craig Leopold probably knows a little bit more about hockey than Josh Harris. But, like, Josh Harris was never there, mm-hmm. like, in the flesh, like David Blitzer was. Yeah. But he was always there. Like, the aura of him yeah. was well, there. Leopold, like, from what I can gather from people who have, you know, worked closely with him and everything, is that he's he's always... he's. Like he's always in the room when decisions are being made. He might not be at the head of the table banging on it, being like, make this, trade this guy. He's not Tom Dundon. But he's yeah, exactly. But he's but he's there, you know, and he's always, you know, like and and when you have the when the boss is in the room, even if they're not talking, there's influence being sort of espoused. um, A lot careful with your words. And you're also on on alert and you're maybe a bit more um and maybe you're just subconsciously a bit more impulsive or maybe a bit more. You're a lot more agreeable to what the owner says. Like I can yeah. remember being in the room for situations where like we had just talked about a player and then the owner walks in and suggests that player. And like the GM or the president just like flips immediately because that player is asking about that. And then the owner leaves mm-hmm. and they're like, yeah, we're not doing that. Yeah. So I'm, I, the, this is the thing that the reason I even brought all this up in the first place, I had to talk about it, but also be like, I be, ve- I'm very interested to see how this impacts the wilds ability to a get players and also be retain players moving forward. I'd be interested to see what UFA looks like for them. Yeah. This year. And, or like, because it could, or I, I'm also interested to see how long Garen lasts here because at a certain point, you know, even if you're an owner, whatever, at a certain point you look at the thing that you own that you're putting money into. And when it comes to like, like franchises thing, you're probably losing money on every year and you go, okay, well we're losing every big employee. We're losing our team operations guys being there forever. We're losing our cap and contract negotiation guy. We already had to fire a coach, so we're already paying a guy not to work for us. And by the way, you have to pay out those guys as well. Exactly. Like, at a certain point, the buck is going to fall on someone, and it happens to fall on the JM. So I wonder if, I like, I'd be shocked. And I'm, In terms of bold predictions, I might say Garen doesn't make it to free agency this year all right. after all this. Um all right, another team in the Western Conference, and it's different because the the, the issues don't stem upstairs. Um, and no, also, the issues are very much downstairs. And also, this team is in 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 you know in contrast to the Minnesota Wild, uh, the team we're about to talk about is good. Um, is really good actually. The Colorado Avalanche have been probably this in terms of like uh, maybe aside from the Ottawa Senators, the spiciest team in the league this year. I here's the thing. I think it's positive spicy. Because they're a really good team, and when they start faltering, their players are very much on top of it. There, this isn't like a complacency. There's no complacency. Yeah. Like waiting around. Let's see what happens. There's nothing like that, yeah. right? You've yeah. got 
Devon Taves after a loss saying a lot of these guys here think they're playing well and they're kidding themselves, which is like, Ooh. holy moly. And then you look at the standings and they're like at the top of the division. They're second in the conference. Yeah. They, and and that's what he's saying. So it's like, uh, what about we're like, first in their division? They've scored the second most goals in the league and they're 21, 11 and two 21, 11 and three because they lost last night in overtime yeah. to the, to the Coyotes. So they're not playing well. That's terrifying, frankly. And keep and on top of that, keep in mind, like Kale McCarr has been in and out of the lineup all season. He's been and when he's in the lineup, he's hurt. And he's still and he's still like a Norris candidate. But yeah. he's like this is and on, so on top of that, we so we had Devin Taves sit in front of cameras in a locker room. So there are people around him, players around him. I mean, I was in a locker. I mean, room. it was on TV too. Yeah, well, I was in a locker room and will likely be in a locker room like every day moving forward and believe me like the players can hear everything their other players their their teammates are saying in the media Devin Taves is looking at a camera going there's a lot of guys in this room that think they're playing well and they're kidding themselves I might you know Michael Jordan that and take it personally you know yeah. um and then there was there was one of the most baffling uh uh sort of sagas or sequences that happened uh about a week before this happened whereas Miko Rantanen coming out and and basically giving it in the media to his teammate's dad, Which to Arturi Lekkonen's dad, so amazing. Who is a Finnish, like a Finnish commentator, like a Finnish Stephen A. Smith. Yeah, he's type not commentator. just like some dad. Yeah, he's basically like the Finnish Stephen A. Smith or whatever. And he accused Art uh, Miko Rantanen again, another weird decision to be making. Yeah, like he maybe accused, not. He accused Miko Rantanen of not training hard in the summer. Meanwhile, Miko Rantanen's like literally a heart candidate this yeah. year like he's playing incredible and Miko like Rantanen comes in criticize somebody on the abs maybe not Miko Rantanen and he gets like four points in the game and it's just like you see that like my teammate's dad <laughs> which regardless of anything like and, and they've said that like you know it's there's no beef between them but like like if I was beefing with your dad it would I'd make this like, podcast like a little awkward, right? Like, even if you agreed with me or you wanted to stay out of it, like, if I was, if there was an underlying thing of me sitting here going, like, man, I really wish I could fight Rachel's dad right now, like that would that would make things awkward. Or like, if you're Arturi, you'd be like, "Hey, Dad, can you shut up? Maybe, maybe don't talk about my teammates. Like, you're messing with my job." Or like, don't like maybe pick not a finished player that I play with. Yeah. Pick a different one. You can pick a finished player, just not on my team like yeah what what as, yeah don't do that and if you're I, gonna talk about my team it needs to be in a positive fashion mm-hmm. because you're my dad yes or even if even if not in a, like you can criticize how we're playing but don't be like this guy is out of shape and he's <laughs> lazy you know leave that to like, the other people what do you think is gonna happen there how am i supposed to show up at training camp be like hey man how was your summer <laughs> like oh yeah yeah, well, your dad called me fat, so I mean that was kind of weird, but okay, yeah, you know, that like, kind of thing. Uh, Other than that, my summer was great. I went jet skiing. Like, you know, what are you gonna do? Um, and on top of that, too, it happened like this happened again on camera. Is that uh, Georgiev let in a goal, uh, I believe, two weeks ago during a game, and slashed uh, uh, his own defenseman Sam Malinsky's stick. Apparently, that was that was. Um, I didn't see that. That was dealt with behind like closed doors after like Georgiev apologized. That's what Ellie Freeman said, at least. Um, but. Like for a team that again is first in their division, and it's a difficult division. First in their division, they've scored the second most goals in the league. They're twenty-one, eleven, and two, or twenty-one, eleven, yeah, and three. Yeah, it's not that bad, guys. Uh, this is like, what is what is happening here? Well, this is what, but that's championship mindset. Yeah, right. That is, if you allow that to fester, that's how you end up like Edmonton. That's how you end up like Toronto, mm-hmm. right? And it's true. Th- so I, I kind of like it. Like we need some of that dog 
mentality. That D-A-W-G. And, yeah, the yeah. dog. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Archery Lekkonen's dad should probably just... Shut, shut up. Shut up. Um, like, stop talking. <laughs> unless... And, and I mean, it's funny you brought up Stephen A. Smith. Skip Bayless is Taylor Swift a distraction? My brother in Christ. Um, have you seen yourself on television? If Taylor, okay. <laughs> so we, we like the chiefs just a real quick aside, because I think it's important to talk about the chiefs. They lost a just embarrassing game to the Raiders on Christmas oh, day. Awful. Like and my sister, who's a big chiefs fan was losing her mind. Was it Taylor it. Swift's fault? Though? Um, and I, I said <laughs> in the middle of the game, I'm like, if, if Patrick Mahomes, like had all of his, have had all of his receivers, like go on their knees and he just point blank executed all of them on national television. I would testify that he didn't do it <laughs> yeah. in court. Like they, like if you look at this chiefs team and how they operate and you think that a pop star in like the top box uh, <laughs> so far away from the field is the problem and not Kadarius Tony literally giving the, the other team an interception every game and lining up offside and every receiver Marquez Valdez Scanlon doing the same every thing. single receiver, not being able to catch a single pass. If you think that that's the problem, get out of here yeah and also them calling taylor swift a distraction when michael irvin during his playing career was found out to have like prostitutes and drugs at his house you want to talk about a distraction like he just sounds cool as hell that's all i'll say um but but also uh yeah it just it makes you have nobody to blame but yourself but also if you're the parent of a player's dad of a player maybe like, if you want to say, oh, they're not playing very well, that's, well, they are, but, but also, that's like fine. That, but you don't need to be like, Miko ran and spent too much time in a bikini this summer or whatever he, he said. said this, like, first of all, that would be, that would be super hot. <laughs> Miko ran and was in a bikini this summer. Crazy. Um, no, but like, like it's, it's unnecessary. And it was also, he said it during the summer. So it was, it was clearly like he was, it wasn't like Miko ran had a bad game the night before. It's in July, like July or August. Yeah, this guy's just minding his own business, going to the beach, and you're yeah. out here. And even and let's say let's say Miko Rantanen, let's say he he didn't, but let's say he actually did like neglect his training over over the off season. Maybe, it's not your place to call the, it out. As a journalist, you think my son is on his team. Maybe I should not be the guy who breaks this. Right. It, like it should be. Someone Maybe it else. should be somebody else. There's a reason why, like, for example, there's a reason why I didn't, when you got hired by the Vancouver Canucks, I didn't suddenly become the Vancouver insider because yeah. people would start to wonder and question the, or at least question where my, where those scoops were coming. Yeah. You know, and it's the same thing where it's like, maybe you give that to your, your contemporary. Maybe you give that to someone on a different show. You know, you're all under one big corporate umbrella. Doesn't have to be you. Um, now, in positive news, uh, you know, a couple days ago, mm-hmm. we had our first night with two Michigans in it, two Michigan goals. So we like Trevor's Eagles returned and scored a mission again. That's great. A mission again. Um, <laughs> we need to have a chat about Connor Bedard, though. This dude. And then he scored a an overtime. He scored an winner. overtime winner last night that was disgusting. That like he like curved the bullet like and wanted like he, if you watch first of all Connor Hellebuck's been on a heater like mm-hmm. he's been one of the best goalies in December in the entire league he made Connor Hellebuck fall to his knees in like despair literally like, if you watch the he clip he sold if you watch Hellebuck's movement Hellebuck is completely sold he's going blocker yeah but if you watch the deceptiveness in Bernard's release that slight pull that only him and Matthews really have yes. to change that angle 
immediately you see Hellebuck freeze and, and go, you can just no. see him go, oh God. <laughs> and zoom. But not only that, it was pretty much end to end through like everyone on the ice and just zip to the back of the net. The best part about it though was the Vince Carter celebration. Mm-hmm. That it's over. But you think about it, like in, in the span of a week, this guy's done the Michigan and scored one of the nicest OT winners of the year. He has eight points in five games. Is that good? It's pretty good. He ha- which also includes, um, it includes a Michigan, an OT winner, and three multi-point games. Yeah, that seems good. He's on pace for 77 points now. Jesus. You know, he is, he's an outside, outside shot at 40 goals. Like he is. And we're sitting here debating who the rookie of the year is. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, no, we're not because we know it's Connor Bedard. Yeah, like we're not, like, we're not sitting here debating it's, anything. It's Connor Bedard, Brock Faber, mm-hmm. everyone else. Maybe even like Connor Bedard, Brock Faber, like Logan Cooley, Pavel Mentyukov. No, no, no! All of them have all and fallen then off. Below, no, everyone they're else. done. All of it. It's literally Bedard in a category mm-hmm. on his own, Faber in a category on his own, mm-hmm. and then everyone else. It doesn't even matter. Faber is. is I feel like Faber is like the Ovechkin. To Crosby or uh, the Crosby to um, Ovechkin in the like 2005 2006 Calder voting because it it was like two generational dudes come in and yeah but Faber's not generational Faber's not generational you know what I mean like two like two guys who are performing unbelievable they both got like over 100 points like like you know one got 50 goals the other guy almost got 40 but like crazy stuff but one of them's got to win clear like the future is very bright what I loved is that these two Michigans happen. And they're two of the top young players in the league. You know, Zegers has been very slow this year, obviously, because well, he's been hurt. He was hurt and he's come back, whatever. And hey, contrary to popular belief that we had mentioned before, him and Dixie D'Amelio are still dating. They're very much yeah. still together. Like she was she was uh, uh, she was at the, there at the Christmas party and everything. So that's that's pretty cool. Um, Wouldn't want to market that, though. No, no, no. Which, by not. the way, Emily Kaplan no, we, reported. I don't even, even want to give this like oxygen mike and i this have, is so stupid mike and i have talked about the need to market players we've talked about on the podcast we spent an entire episode talking yeah, about we it li- like that's what i'm saying yeah. we have talked about this ad nauseum the fact that emily reported and i as soon as i saw that i was like i have never believed something so quickly mm. in my entire life like veteran players who are still governed by the salary cap and coaches and executives are upset, We're at, upset at the media attention Bedard's been getting. If you were upset with the whole Corey Perry thing, well within your right to be upset about that because that was absurd. But if you're upset that this guy is in commercials and is being talked about on a leading sports center and all this stuff, you also don't get to complain about the salary cap or escrow or anything because this kid if he is marketed correctly, has the power to completely explode the growth of this game and therefore the salary cap. Do you want to be paid more money or not? Those players, they already got their they already got their bucks. God, they don't so care. Annoying. It's like what happened with the with the like, players. How union. dare you celebrate? But it's like what happened with the players union in 0506 or in the 90s that led to 0506 where the player like that chunk of players basically sold out their future players to get their, their money. You know, like those, th- these veteran people, they've already I made their bucks. I honestly think if you're, if, if, yeah, like if you're 
over the age of like 32, unless you're like a Crosby or something like that, you like unless you're voted in and there's let's say there's like three spots, mm. the decision should be made by players who are yeah. outside of their entry level deals, but below the age it's of just like, like 32 it's just like how, because they're in charge of the future of the league. It's just like how people over 70 shouldn't be able to vote. They really shouldn't. Like you don't pick a movie. You don't, you don't like if you're with a group of friends, you aren't, and you're in charge of picking the movie and then you leave 30 minutes into the movie and leave the rest of your friends with the terrible movie that you picked that they have to keep watching. That's not fair. And that's basically what it's like to see a 78 year old go be like, be like, oh, I like Donald Trump because he tells it like it is, you know, you're like, like you're going to be dead. Cool. Grandma, you don't have to deal with the fact that it's been raining every day when it should be snowing and it's December 28th and it's eight degrees outside right now. Celsius, you know, crazy. Anyway, I think it's a great, I think it's great that there are two Michigans in one night and it was, and it was done by the two of the top young players in the league. Um, I like the fact that Connor Bedard is starting to get a little sauce you know, he's, I he's, love the sauce. He's doing the it's over. He's doing like, you know, give me the we're, sauce. We're starting to look at for a guy and keep in mind all he's gone through this year from a like transitioning into the NHL and also like in his first sort of couple months being hit with a, like a disgusting personal, like total fabricated rumor. Um, and now he's and now he's here and he's scoring OT winners. He's doing a great job and he's he's uh, he's starting to feel himself. And I like that. It's good. Um, and before we leave off, obviously, we're, we're big PWHL fans. In the new year, we're going to have our segment. Also, keep in mind um, that we are, we also have a, a great interview with Spencer Gillis, PWHL agent, uh, coming out uh, over the next couple of weeks. But uh, the PWHL landed Air Canada, pun intended, um, as a uh, sponsor. Do we think the bags are going to get there on time? Uh, it's Air Canada, so probably not. Um, but the fact that they're on board now as the inaugural sponsor, they're pun intended get a, as well. Yep, mm-hmm. uh, they're going to get a jersey patch on Montreal. They're also they're in on the ground floor. And the fact that a major like this is Canada's airline that we don't have for people who live in Europe and in the US, um, we don't have decentralized airlines here. We have national airlines. And which is why if you want to fly here, it is obscenely expensive. Yeah, we don't have like the spirit airlines and the Southwest, you know, like, no, we have Air Canada and WestJet and then Porter goes some places. And even and, that. And, and their planes are tiny. They don't even have like, like yeah. Porter is basically like taking a, a Greyhound in the air, basically. Yeah, it's it's one of those things. And so for Air Canada, which is the premier airline in this country, not for service, don't get it twisted. But in terms of like routes and notoriety, mm-hmm. this is huge. Yeah, because with the sponsorship, I'm assuming it's monetary, but as well, like I don't I know MLS didn't have charters for up until COVID, right? And they're a much more established league. But I think with Air Canada, at least now, like the women are going to have benefits of having Air Canada. Like there's going Even to be- Even if they're in business class. You know? Exactly. Like, business class, yeah. priority boarding. Mm-hmm. Um, Like maybe they do get charters for like the playoffs, things like that. Like we don't know what the full benefits are, but the fact that maybe Air they Canada- get when they sit down. Damn, I would That'd like be pretty that. cool. The fact that Air Canada has jumped on board so early on is a really positive sign Mm -hmm. for the league because Air Canada is not going bankrupt anytime soon. They are, one, listed on the stock market, and two, they are partially funded by the government. Well, the government won't let them go out of... Exactly. It would be nice if they did. We saw that during COVID. The government literally won't let them. So I think it's cool, and I think with this sponsorship, the PWHL is ready to take off into into success. Mm Mm-hmm. You think that, huh? 
<laughs> on that note, um, we are going to uh, we're going to leave you. Uh, we have about a million, uh, if I'm if I'm correctly counting here, about a, one million um, episodes that are going to be that we've pre-recorded that will be coming out over the next two weeks. So it literally won't even be like we are gone. Um, but we hope you you all had a lovely holiday season. Uh, make sure to subscribe to the YouTube, uh, follow us on TikTok, Twitter. Check out um, check out some other stuff we're doing on Cryer Media. Um, and uh, on top, uh, you know, follow us on Twitch. Streams will be coming back. Um, Mike is so back. He took a holiday break. Yeah. You know, and now great. he's back. It will likely be probably Sunday night this week, but I'll have to have to stay tuned for that. And then, uh, yeah, so we hope you and your family had a lovely holiday season um, and that you are ready for a lot of fun content in the new year because it is going to be great. Uh, and before you go as well, jumpstart. Uh, there are charity of choice. Make sure to de- uh, to donate to Jumpstart to help uh, children from dis- economically disadvantaged communities play team sports, which is extremely extremely beneficial to their development. And it's just a great cause. So donate. It'll, our uh, link will be in our episode bio, and we will see you soon. <laughs>